0: You'd be a good GM. I think it I might, might blow good. up. It might go completely sideways. But at the same time, you would be the most exciting general manager in the CFL. And maybe the most quotable you. as well. Welcome to The Waggle. Crunch time is upon us. We're after Thanksgiving. Now we start separating the men from the boys. The players from the (laughs) playas.
1: How do I sound? Can I pull that off as a middle-aged man?
0: Legit. Thank you. Legit. Thank you. The playas. You rolled the
1: tongue. You dropped dropped the Z. That's that's when you know you're bona fide,
0: Buddy, I spent years practicing the running man in the mirror, so I feel like playas... Rolls naturally off my tongue. Uh, he's Davis Sanchez. My name is James Sabalski. You can find Chezy on Twitter at oh, uh, Sanchez at Davis, Davis Two. Yeah,
1: you know what? I'm uh, yeah. Let's go with that. But you can find Davis Sanchez also works. Okay. I try to be tricky. So what happened was a long story long. I try to be tricky and go Sanchez Davis Two because somebody stole my other platform, mm. Davis Sanchez. So I try to be tricky. But anyway, you pull up Davis Sanchez, you'll find my funny face. Which one's the verified? Oh, they're all verified. They're I'm all David ver- Sanchez, baby. <laughs> Too legit to quit, my friend. <laughs> and plus, we're friends with the people at Twitter. So. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, if, yeah, if you see me following somebody named David Sanchez, by the way, you can find me at James Cebulski. Thank you so much for subscribing to The Waggle. And if you aren't subscribing just yet, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, click subscribe. It's free. Everybody likes free. And a fresh new episode goes right to your smartphone, your tablet, your device whatever you're listening to, each and every week. But again, you can also find us on cfl.ca as well, which is what you might be listening to us right now on. So lots to get to. We're going to talk to William Powell, the action running back from the Ottawa Redblacks. who, you know, here's a guy, Davis, uh, kind of a remarkable story. He kind of became a forgotten entity in 2016 when the Red Blacks went on to win the Grey Cup. And all of a sudden, this guy, after coming off a devastating injury, is back to full health, and it took about midseason to really find his form again. And here he is, and he's been busting big yards here over the last five weeks or so. Uh, William, William
1: Powell is, is a force to be reckoned with when he's healthy, and that's, that's the key healthy right now. And he's, uh, although Ottawa has probably the most, most prolific passing game in the nation, in the nation's capital, uh, William Powell having him back there just really adds a, a, a dangerous dynamic and that's why you look at a team that has a record um what's the record right now but not a good record and uh you <laughs> not know, good on, the, on the uh, on the on the on the verge of a playoff spot but they're as dangerous as anybody just you look at trevor's
0: numbers and then with what william powell can do out of the backfield look at how they played calgary at the beginning of the year that was a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> it was a very long you know nobody wants to play calgary now but Uh, For clarification purposes, the Ottawa Red Blacks sit second in the East right now with a 6-9-1 record. Uh, We'll get into that, but William Powell, actually, just a quick shout-out to William Powell. Uh, I use Ottawa for my CFL Football Frenzy uh, game that I have on my phone, and he's pretty awesome. I I, I would like to find out if he's playing it, uh, because (laughs) he's been getting me lots of big yards on the run, because I haven't quite mastered my passing game yet, but I'm still winning. I'm still winning, Davis, so... That's what the most important thing is. Uh, first things first, let's dive into this. And uh, I think the biggest story over the last few days is uh, the nice problem that is the quarterback situation in Saskatchewan, where Kevin Glenn gets the hook last week in, the, in Toronto, and in comes Brandon Bridge, and Air Canada to the rescue once again. Uh, you love I love this story because it really shows that there is life as a canadian passer in the cfl once again and andrew buckley may get his opportunity as well but brandon bridge has shown after look here's a guy who's developed on the sidelines chez there's so many great players so many great quarterbacks they don't come in and start right away they take time to develop whether it was Bo, whether it was riley whether it was yeah, jonathan we've been, jennings we've matt that. nichols yeah. we talked about this yes. forever on this podcast and brandon bridge is showing, and it may not be his time now, but he's shown that he is a legitimate quarterback in the Canadian football. He's league. got a
1: special skill set. He's, he's a, he's a threat with his legs. He's got a big arm and the intangibles. You see what he does. Uh, his, you know him. The fact that he's uh, conjured up these comebacks. The the fact he's the fact that he battles. You uh, I mean he's got uh, he's raw. If you watch him and you look at his his uh, his techniques and his. his his footwork, his accuracy of time is off, but he's raw. But that's a project, and that's where we go with this. Kevin Glenn, you know what his ceiling is. You know what he brings you. Uh, but the the unknown that Brandon Bridge brings to the table right now is the now potential upside. Is, right? and, that's, and that's kind of where you look at. I think a lot of people around the league or would say, hey, you know what? Kevin Glenn gives you a best chance to win. But does Kevin Glenn give the best chance for them to win a breakup? Because you might need that special, special something that Brandon Bridge can give you if he's hot, if he has a great game. But he that he seems special, to have, right? That special something yeah. he can get you over the top. Where Kevin, Kevin can he's going to be more solid. But the fact of uh, can he win? Uh, can he win the, the big game or get you over the top uh, with what you know what he's getting? So it's an interesting dynamic and, like you said, an interesting problem to have.
0: It's it's a great problem to have. It's a great problem for us to play armchair quarterbacks with this scenario. And and you know, I'll tell you what, I threw out on Saturday after the game, I threw it out on my Twitter that on my Twitter account I asked the question in a poll. I said who should the riders start going forward? Kevin Glenn or Brandon Bridge? Almost three quarters of the people voting chose Brandon Bridge over Kevin Glenn in saying that Chris Jones made the decision that Kevin Glenn will start this weekend I like the decision here Chez and I like it for the reason that if Kevin falters again you can go back here where I don't know if you can necessarily do it the other way around where you're going to have the quick hook here you can at least give Kevin the look let him start, and if you want to change it up, you can change it up. But you made a, your point about the idea of a gray cup and a special play, and that's where you look at with Brandon Bridge. It's the unknown where it's almost like fro- start, as a frosh week. You're kind of curious here.
1: You know what I mean? I'm curious, but I agree with Chris Jones, and I agree with you. If I'm If I'm the one making the decision – I also start Kevin Glenn you for go the same reason. Yes, because in the situation you don't want to take Cage, You're not going to shake. In a normal situation, you would say you might take away somebody's confidence, the starting quarterback, by doing that. You know you have a guy that can come out the, off the out the bullpen. Nothing changes. He's been used to doing that mm-hmm. for the for the last few weeks here. He's used to doing that. It's fine. Um, nothing changes. But Kevin's not going to get his confidence is not going to rattle. He's been pulled before. He's been benched before. He's gone through it all. As as we know, that Rodney Dangerfield of the CFL. But still, why not? play Kevin, start Kevin, if he has one of his Kevin Glenn-esque games and throws for 500, you you're in a great spot. If he doesn't, if he struggles at all, you have a young guy who's used to coming in off the bench, he's had an opportunity to watch a quarter and see what the defense is playing, stand next to Steve McAdoo, stand next to Jarius Jackson, a great quarterback and someone who's been there as a backup quarterback himself. Stand next to those guys, watch what's happening, look at the coverages, go through the progressions, and then go out there. It's a better spot for him to do that than the other way around have and have KG do that.
0: Yeah, now... If you're Kevin Glenn, with this happening right now, how do you feel that in the back of your mind that I better make a play? Now, Kevin Glenn's been through this before enough times, that's, and I that's think he's got difference. a thick enough yes. skin. Yes. So, I mean, he's got to deal with it, but I'm sure it still hurts, right? Like, I'm sure you've been in a position that at some point in your career, whether as a rookie or as a veteran where you're at a point in your career where you're trying to, you know, live to fight another day, But do you not feel that over your shoulder as a player, especially as a veteran guy like Kevin, where you go, okay, I got Uh, the hook last
1: week. You know what, Kevin Glenn, yes, for most, if you were talking about 90% of other quarterbacks, I would say that. But for Kevin, it doesn't matter. This is a huge game, too. (laughs) Saskatchewan win and a BC loss this week, and Sask clinches a playoff spot. I mean, a Sask win and a BC loss, and Sask clinches. The Riders are in the playoffs. Who would have thought? And a BC loss, yeah. Yeah, and a BC loss. And then from Ottawa... Uh, Ottawa win and a Hamilton loss. So if Ottawa wins, Hamilton loses, Ottawa's claims. Like you look at you know some of the you know the win loss records and the streaks these teams have had, the fact that they could they can both clinch this week is uh it tells you a little bit about how crazy the CFL has been this season and, but and yet, and
0: yet Friday and yet Friday, if you think about it, we're mid-October and we could have everything kind of sorted out with weeks by week by Friday night on week 17, we could know exactly what we won't, we, won't, Everybody we, from no, a we won't know
1: who we could know who's in and who's, who's out. In we and won't out, know yes. who has home field, who goes where. We wouldn't have that figured out. But we could have who's in and who's out figured out. And another thing, too, to go back real fast, James, on what you had said about the quarterback and who to play. The Ottawa Redblacks play more man to man coverage than any team, other than Saskatchewan. They probably play more man to man coverage than any team in the league, which is another reason you can lean towards Brandon Bridge in a lot of scenarios because he's going to get. Mark Nelson does what he does well, and he's going to, at this point in time, in a crucial game, he's going to stick to what they do best, which is play man to man coverage. That's also less for. Brandon Bridge to read and plays more into his strengths, a team that might play a ton of zone and give you a bunch of different looks like like a Calgary or an Edmonton, that might be more suited for KG who's seen it all from a defensive standpoint and could go through his progressions better than a young guy like Brandon.
0: Okay, I want to uh, I want to do a CFL pick here with Ottawa and Saskatchewan, but I want to make it into a double shot because I, I want to have a follow-up question with the Red Blacks that you touched on. Who do you trust more going forward, Toronto or Ottawa right now?
1: Wow, that's uh, it's complicated. It, it, it <laughs> is complicated. So from the pick, yeah. from the Pick'em standpoint, from the Pick'em standpoint, this is going to be a great game. Um, the fact that the game is is in Sask, I'm going to go like with the, the Riders. riders I, yeah. Haven't we been? If you look back for the last few weeks in Pickham, hasn't been, been the default for us? Yeah, home, home, home field. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's always that way. It's not <laughs> yeah. like we're, we're you know. In, Inventing inventing yeah. the wheel here, but but it, what it is what it is is it's it seems wow.
0: even more of a factor yeah. now. With just it, tells you how little we pay attention to the league. Just you know no, what? No, you know, who's who's tells, at home this week? It, <laughs> no, no. it,
1: it shows me parody. It yes. shows me the fact yeah. that there's so much parody, and that's the only thing I can find in a matchup. <laughs> Good that, cover up. That, Good know, cover up. Yeah, parody. Yeah. No, I <laughs> yeah, mean, it's parody.
0: Absolutely. Like, no, I mean, it is. It anybody is. can win. No, no. But it's absolutely and and you know what let's face it well Calgarys, Calgary's the Riders at Hamil- are a different Calgary's team. at
1: Hamilton and Calgarys at Hamilton and they're and they're they're at home and Calgary
0: I pick I pick Calgary to win see I, this is where I'm fascinated about the Ty cats right now legitimately have me wondering can they do this after going into Winnipeg after doing what they've done for consecutive weeks they lost the heartbreaker to the Argos and and for me okay it's like all right well you lost that one Calgary should win that one. In theory and and based on the record and all of it, they should win easily. But the tie cats are a completely different team. So just quickly in closing, um, we both like yeah. the Riders at New Mosaic. The Riders are a different team when they're at home and they're way better. But they're starting to show that they can win on the road too. So hey,
1: that- uh, let's let's and let's discuss real real quick before we move off of them. Greg Ellingson and Brad Sinopoli right now. Oh, these two guys are <laughs> one and two, one and two in receptions in the league. One and two. In the league, uh, Trevor Harris is uh, at, at the top of the league in the most statistical passing categories. But uh, they also have an opportunity uh, with, you know, depending on what happens the last few weeks, to be uh, one of the first tandems to go to go one two in in uh, receiving in a while. So that'll be that will be that would be thats impressive what those two what those two guys are doing. And it's his offense crazy, is doing. and
0: and here's what I find fascinating: How is it that a guy who puts up numbers each and every year like Greg uh, right, like Greg Ellingson has been doing, how does he get open? How uh, does he get open? Because he, he seems just... to slip behind the coverage, and it's like, oh, there's Greg Ellingson for another 50-plus yard, uh, you know, reception or touchdown. It's like, ignore the guy. It's, like, it's somehow, some way, but it's a wonderful one-two punch. Ottawa comes back from that 19-point deficit on the road. Like, is that something that you finally look at and say, okay, is this finally waking up? The beast that is the defending great cup champions and they or... were one and five
1: trailing into halftime this year they were yeah. one and five until this week against BC and to me when I hear the comments when we we'll and, and Hank never said it was uh, directed towards Trevor but nope. if there was a lack of leadership so everyone else assumed that he meant Trevor because the quarterback is the leader on many a football club most of the team I've, I've been on so we just, we just yeah. go that way like I'm looking at you when I saw Trevor in that comeback in BC and him throw that touchdown and pump his fist and 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 yell towards the bench I had, I had zero doubts about his compete level and his leadership because he led that team yeah. to a comeback. He led that team to but a comeback. But there was a
0: different emotion from Trevor Harris there that you don't normally see. Like yes. He's generally That's poised, compete right? level. That's, yeah. com- that's to me, there's a lot of other guys, no names mentioned, in this league right now who,
1: who, who are on struggling teams who I would like to see that same fire in yeah. when they're losing. And then that's why, that's why you want a guy like Trevor. And other guys, you might have to – look for something else because you don't see that same fire. When I saw that fire in Trevor, you noticed that. When you're down, you score a touchdown. You saw Ellings, you got the ball, He get right to the official. Mm-hmm. You get the ball to the official. You know why? Because they were still down two touchdowns, and he realized, here we go. Let's go. we got more to do. When you when you score and you're high-fiving, you're chest-bumping, you're dancing, you realize you're down 14 – that's because you're not really thinking about – you're not realizing the magnitude of the game and what the ultimate goal is. Mm-hmm. I might dance and streak down the field and do a somersault if I get the game winner. But if I'm down 14, I'm getting the ball to the ref because I know there's eight minutes left and I got
0: 16 more points to get. Which drives me no nuts. No names. So which, which drives me nuts.
1: <laughs> Shout out to Matt Dunn again for go. TSN's funniest moment of the year. After <laughs> uh, If you didn't see it, Kevin Elliott got, caught a little swing pass. They're down, I think, 19 at the, at the time. Caught a little swing pass. Uh, got a first down and spun the ball and pointed. And Matt Dunnigan on TSN said, you just look like, just get the get the ball back to the ref and get back to the huddle, Elliot. You look like, you're acting like you just won the Great Cup. You got a first down. <laughs> well, and that's <laughs> and was, that's the but thing but that <laughs> drives me
0: nuts. Like, when you see, team, and you know what? You see it, it's players in the NFL are just as guilty of it. You see it in the CFL all the time, too. Somebody gets a first down, you're down 10 points, and it's like, boom, the big point. It's like, Okay, that comes across for you as just such an individual moment. Maybe it's an emotion to try to spark the team, but it's like you're down right now. Keep your head down and keep going like the whole celebratory first down when you're down by a lot. Like I've never I've never
1: been a personnel guy. I've never been a GM, but yeah. I've been in many locker rooms and I've had many a teammates and I can tell a guy who's who I want, a guy who I want to compete with, a guy, a guy who gets it and understands what's the, what's at stake and what's going on uh, in the battle that we're all going through and the ultimate goal. I can watch him and how he handles those situations, and I tell you a guy that I'm going to extend and give – in the NFL 40 million to guaranteed or a guy that I'm like you're on a one year contract one to one because you don't necessarily get it or in in this league different dollar values same situation is hey look I can I can lock you in because I know I can look at you and how you respond in those situations you get it other guys, you just don't get it. Doesn't mean they're a bad dude. They just don't get it. Their their brains not they're not conscious of what's happening in the situation and how we go. I get a little crazy. We gotta move on. No, James. okay. My bad. So
0: okay, so who Montreal do you so who do you Williams? trust? So who do you who do you trust? Ottawa or Toronto? Man. I feel like basically based, based on all based things, on what's going on yes. with like Harris, things, yep. Ellingson, Sinopoly, I wanna it, say Ottawa. You know what? And that's and not just and because and their
1: defense their defense yeah. is good in playoff football. In playoff football, your secondary is important. The secondary is always important in this league. They have a very good secondary. They have uh, good running also, game now. Yes, the the running game, obviously with William Powell, Trevor Harris. His quarterback efficiency rating is right at the top of the league. Uh, great coaching staff. In that that being said, in Mark Trestman, I trust in March I'm not ahead. going yeah, against no, no. <laughs> you got I'm, time you got time I'm not going against you you got currency with the coach I got currency and I know and I know what he's capable yeah, of I'm not okay. going against you fair enough okay hey, by the way
0: by the way this week's waggle is brought to you by Cal Tire Davis you know winter is coming and I think winter has already arrived for certain cities we've seen snow in Edmonton already we've seen snow in Calgary I saw a ton of ice and hail already here in Metro Vancouver the other day did you bring that with you when you landed here by the way, it's nice to see you in person. It's, hey, you know what, James?
1: It is it is great to be here. We actually get to sit side by side, face to face in the studio. I just and, this today, hug and it's you. it's pretty good. It's, yeah. it's uh,
0: But listen, man, snow, icy roads, the need for winter tires. Like that's what's happening right now. And that's why we've partnered with Cal Tire and are offering all CFL fans a free $40 off code at CFL Shop and a chance to win a VIP trip for two to the gray cup when you purchase any set of four Michelin tires. That's right, some F-R-E-E CFL swag just for buying a set of four Michelin tires. So get ready for the winter months and head to your local Cal tire today. Uh, I want to go back to we were talking about Calgary and Hamilton and just the run that Hamilton's been on we missed a pick we were talking about a matchup last week and we totally got called out on Twitter for not making our picks final so uh, and we were both wrong we both took Winnipeg over Hamilton you know what I'm gonna go with the shock and awe I think the Thai Cats are a desperate team right now they need to run the table essentially from here on in and they're at home I don't think the sense of urgency is there for the best team in the Canadian Football League. Once again, I'm going to say the Ticats are going to find a way. Can you believe it? Yes, maybe I've been drinking Davis's spiked punch this morning, but I'm going to say the Ticats are going to pull off the shock and awe campaign and pull off an upset in a desperate must-win scenario for the Tabbies against Calgary this weekend.
1: You're not for, you're not far off. I, and, and where you're going with this, I I would uh, I'm gonna take Calgary, uh, like I mentioned. Yep. But I I think it's gonna be a really close game. And Hamilton is uh, a good football team for anyone who has some sort of uh, who doesn't think that or hasn't uh, got the memo yet. Over the last month, this is a good football team. They're not they're not getting lucky. They're not uh, they're not on a, they're on a hot streak. But it's because they're a good football team. And June Jones has June Jones has went it, from and look it, at this it's crazy we're talking
0: about we're even having this conversation right yeah. now so that in its unto itself yeah. is tells you the the credit that the tie cats deserve well think think of this too we can
1: look back to halfway through the season and we said that uh, we said that there's they were looking at, at making, uh, getting rid of, we thought Speedy B might get released yeah. because he wasn't producing. He's making a big salary. They actually make him- Seemed old all of a sudden, right? Yes, exactly. And they made him take a pay cut. Reportedly, he took a pay cut. Uh, we looked at Zach a lack of success and Ms. Masoli is on the sideline, not even a factor. All of a sudden, June Jones came in and as much as for what came around that whole scenario with, that we uh, didn't know and was embracing and loving. Uh, the fact that June Jones hiring, or well, giving, it, giving it credit, because we land
0: based the, it because of the Art
1: Riles follow up, right? Because of the other things that went around, you <laughs> did not have to bring up any names, sorry, but sorry. all the other things that went around that um, that we didn't give we didn't give the credit to June that has that he's deserved and he's made to my point of the Speedy B and and Jeremiah in particular is Speedy B was on his way out. It looked like uh, Ken Austin wasn't using getting using him or getting anything out of him. Now all of a sudden. He's arguably one of the most dangerous offensive weapons. Not on special teams, offensive weapons in the league over the last yeah. month. And June Jones has got that out of him. By, and I, I'm an advocate of this. Make your best players be your best players. Force the ball to your best players. As a defensive guy, I always I hated teams that isolated, that forced, got the ball into their best players' hands. Forget the system. Forget going through your reads. Force you force defenses to adjust to your best player and see what he can do, and that's what doing Speedy B and Masoli, a guy who was basically holding a clipboard, and we and he said when he when he replaced when he replaced uh, Coleros with him, his reason was he has the he just has the uh, um, he's special he has the extra he has he had no reason he couldn't tell us like what skill set Jeremiah brought to the field other than that he's special, and I was I kind of thought B.S. No, he's right. Jeremiah has that special ability. He's a winner. He finds ways to win. I love the way they're playing and shout out to shout out to June Jones and, and that whole Hamilton staff uh Philip Lolly as well on defensive side and William yeah. Fields a defensive back coach these guys are all um they're doing a heck of a job and uh, they've taken and their they're lumps and, and, yeah, and, well, they're and they're a good football standing. team they're and you know what and they're still standing they're dangerous i've talked to other coaches in the league too and they say the same thing this is a good football team and they're dangerous
0: yeah legitimately they it, they've been a lot of fun to watch they've been remarkable the two reclamation projects that you touched on with Masoli and and for Speedy B i think that's a great point because Brandon Banks, it was like, okay, this guy is clearly no longer a home run threat. He's, he's a third or fourth option as a receiver. Why is it that more teams don't try that approach in terms of you look at playmakers and how many times, and if you're sitting here listening to this, whether you're in your car or you're on a treadmill right now or you're on the elliptical machine and you're listening to us talk about this, I'm sure you've banged your head against a wall going, how is this playmaker not getting the ball? But your suggestion of saying, okay, Let's make our stars be stars. Let's make our playmakers make plays. Why is it, or and maybe it's sometimes it's just a case of defenses gearing up that way, but why do why do more teams not try to do employ that scenario to make their playmakers be in a position to make plays? It's a great question. And the first thing I will say is offensive coordinators are very
1: smart people. Overall, in general, they're smart people. Um, and sometimes I think they're too smart for their own good. And they have their systems that they've built over years and years and they've pulled from so many other different really smart people and they've put it together and they have these systems and there's they feel like their systems work meaning hey if you uh, if this isn't open I'm going to this and if this on this in this particular formation of this particular against this particular coverage we go here so that's how a lot of these systems work and so you don't necessarily feed a player but sometimes the the best thing to do offensively is just use use simplicity as the answer and say you know what this is my best player i'm going to line him up over here and if you don't adjust to him and and double team him or do something i'm going to him and that's what they're doing in, in hamilton and and my the best example of that will be montreal and that's because i'm obviously closer to the situation but and we it was it was crystal clear we saw it week after week and it was ernest jackson was your big free agent signing you got nothing going on offense the first you know five, six, seven weeks of the season, nothing going on, still nothing going, but at the beginning of the season, nothing going on. And Jacques continued to say, and Jacques another who's there, there's a guy, I'm not pylon here, this is a very sharp offensive mind. Yeah. And had a lot of success in this league. And he continued to say, it's um, the system, and we're, we're, there's nothing wrong with it. And we're going to keep on doing what we're doing. Stubbornness, well. I, stubbornness, and I almost think he was too smart for his own good. And it's like, hey, no, no, you got this guy. You got Ernest Jackson. If the reads, the progressions of Darian um, don't take him to to Ernest Jackson, then change the way you call plays and change the progression that Darian goes through, and make him force feed this guy until until he gets the ball, or until teams are proven that they can stop him by double teaming him. Then you go somewhere else. And Edmonton is a perfect example of that. You watch Edmonton play defense, and Mike Benavides is a, as, as good of a job as any defensive coordinator in the league at taking away your best threats. And he that's how he goes into his game plan. He's going to take away what you do best and make you adjust. That's being proactive as a defensive coordinator. A lot of teams do that. If they do that, then I can see you adjusting. Teams weren't doing that, and teams weren't doing that with Speedy B. A lot of teams were going in the first eight weeks of the season, saying, "We're gonna take away Speedy B." They were just playing, and the balls, the reads, just didn't go to Speedy B. And the same thing with Montreal. So that's the answer to that is, guys. The answer to your question, in a long, long roundabout way, James. Be adaptable. Is offensive coordinators, yeah, offensive coordinators are sometimes too smart for their own good,
0: and you gotta, you gotta force feed your best players. You know, a, a wise man once said to me. You know, for offensive coordinators that want to be stubborn, a wise man once said to me, when you change the way you look at things, mm. the things you look at mm. change. Mm. I like that. You like that? I like that. Who was that mm, handsome mm. son of a gun? Mm. I think well, you stole that, it from someone I stole it from <laughs> someone else. And okay. That
1: someone else uh, is... Uh, that's a Mark Trestman scene? Uh, I had kind to of give the man his credit. Uh, that was a Mark Trestman
0: scene. On Saturday, uh, it's the Lions, and they are in, a, in a, a must-win scenario here with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the peg. Winnipeg kind of licking their chops, wondering what the heck happened to us. In, with what the, the H-E Tigers.
1: double hockey sticks. Oh, hell snap, oh, yeah. yeah. um, Sabowski!
0: But the Lions, I mean, I mean, two shell-shocked teams after the Lions blew a 19-point lead at home against the Ottawa Red Blacks. We've already touched on that a little bit. Um, the Lions just, it just has not clicked on so many levels. And you know what? At times, Jonathan Jennings looked like he was starting to find his old swag. Uh, the Manny show was back last weekend too. And then at moments, you know, Chris Williams, we talked about this being a real X factor as an off-season signing. The Lions took a gamble on him. I don't know. It doesn't look like that gamble's paid off. And there he is wide open in the back of the end zone. And that's, you know, kind of, hey, look, the drops have been an issue, I think, at various points in his career. You know, he's always been that home run threat, but there's a surefire touchdown in the back of the end zone that goes right through his hands, off his helmet, uh, you know, last weekend on sa- on the Saturday. That, you know, that's that could be the difference in the ball game right there, the difference between a win and a loss. And now they're two games back of Edmonton. Um, I think with the Bombers at home, uh, you know Matt Nichols isn't hundred percent here, but he's been practicing with the team. He looks like he's throwing some crisp passes. It looks like he's going to play for all intents and purposes this coming weekend as we get set, as we record this on on Wednesday here. But I think I still like the bombers here at home. The Lions just, the Lions have completely gone off the rails. They've gone off a cliff after starting the season four and one. and it's crazy to think here, Davis, that the BC Lions, were four and one at one point, and they've essentially gone two and seven over their last nine games. They've lost seven of their last nine games. Which, you look at the talent on both sides of the football, guys like Sully, guys like Rainey, Jennings, Manny, Burnham, like Jeremiah Johnson.
1: Okay, Wally's so... the coach. Okay, so right there, that that tells me. And when you, build, when you build a team, you build it from the inside out and not from the outside in. And that tells me, when I look at this Lions team, the weakness of this team is the the, line. the defensive and offensive line. Not that, yeah, they are weak. Because I always say weakness doesn't mean they're weak. It means they're weak comp- when you compare them to the rest of the O and D lines around the league. They're in the bottom half when you look at the, the personnel they have. Yep. So it is what it is. And that's where, yes, their skill set, I said their secondary skill set-wise, who they have, versatility they have, had the potential to be one of the best in the league in the preseason. I thought that. I When I look at who they have, I think they had that potential. Well, they, they have not been, and the receiving core, same thing. Manny's banged up. Uh, Chris, I don't think, is back. Jonathan obviously has had his struggles, but this, those, those guys are still skilled guys. It's the O&D line of this team that that has been that's subpar and when you're subpar in those spots it's gonna it's gonna show and it shows in the pass rush it shows in the shows in the protection of JJ and and Travis and uh and that's what it is but what you said Manny did look good look Manny looked to me last week the first time that I've seen Manny look like Manny he ran a little he ran a little stop and go on Baltimore uh in the uh, in the slot there, the little uh, hitch and go that he ran for a touchdown, and he got in and out that thing like the Manny that I'm used to seeing. And when I watched the replay of that route, and I, he showed me the burst that he's back. So I think Manny's back physically. He was not yeah. there before. He's back, but it might be too little, too late.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, I, got the, I got the peg by uh, the way. And especially especially as that game got away from them, and you're up 19, and you've got Manny clicking, and Jennings looks like he's humming along, and you still let that game get away the way it ultimately did. It it just
1: and w- uh, was and was was last week's. Um, obviously, you know Matt Nichols gets hurt, but just a little little blip in the run. Yeah, here. I
0: mean we talked about Westerman being out uh, for yeah. the season a couple of weeks ago. I think that certainly impacts their depth. But Winnipeg's a pretty deep team defensively, although they got run all over on, uh, on you know at home too by a Hamilton team that has obviously significantly improved. To me, I'm going to say that's probably more of an anomaly. I think they're going to benefit. They need to kind of stay the course here and keep that home field advantage. Uh, because if they're gonna ultimately face Saskatchewan or depending on who they get, maybe Edmonton uh, as well. Um, or actually, sorry, it'll be it'll be in all likely, yeah, I mean, whether it's Edmonton or Saskatchewan that Winnipeg faces at this point in time in the Western semi, um, I still think that they're if they're good enough to win at home and hold serve, I don't know if they're good enough to go into Calgary and beat the stamps. And I thought that they were earlier this year. I just don't know if they are. I don't know if anybody's well, gonna to touch Calgary when they're when they're motivated and they're hungry.
1: The trade deadline, as we record here, the trade deadline is tick tick ticking. So as when this gets out, um, as of right now, there's been no uh, there's been no moves for Zach and and. Uh, but would anybody
0: dare make a move at this point of with, with Zach would. right now? Of
1: course they would. Who? The, the team we're talking about. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. depending on what I mean, they're not I'll tell you this, Winnipeg. But they couldn't I think, afford that, could right, they? Of course they can. Because it's next cap? Yes, because right now first of all, if I I don't know Matt Nichols' injury, it sounds like he's gonna be he's gonna be good to go. If he's okay and it's not a injury it's gonna hurt uh, him as the playoffs go on, it's fine. Yeah. But if Matt Nichols goes on to IR, for some reason, let's just say, if he goes to IR, salary goes off the books, yeah. and you're getting all of all of Caleros' money has mostly been paid. He doesn't have much left, just the base salary, which his contract was decently front-loaded. So he doesn't have a ton of salary left. It wouldn't hurt them salary cap-wise, and it's over at the end of the year. So... They're basically renting him like the Ottawa Redblacks rented Cleon Lang last year for a playoff run. So they rent him. They're not with Dominic Davis at quarterback. Yeah. Winnipeg is no, they're right not now. Winning. Winnipeg is the second best team in the Canadian Football League. Yep. Winnipeg is the second best team in the Canadian Football League, hands down, no doubt about it. And without and that's with Matt Nichols playing quarterback. Did Matt you? Nichols is an elite quarterback in this league. Say it once, say it twice, say it a thousand times. He's an elite quarterback in this league now, after what he's shown this, this year. Zach Caleros? He has been, he previously has been. Yeah. Right? As what he's shown this year? No, but I would say Jonathan Jennings was you know up there too. when I say elite let me, let, let me clarify so you elite. make a move uh, so, I, I so would you make a
0: would you make a move then
1: above average quarterback. I won't say elite above average because elite I can't throw that elite word out there like that I'm gonna say above average quarterback in the upper he's, a, the good upper, quor- he's a, upper a good he's upper upper echelon good quarterback. of quarterbacks elite right now is is is, is, Bo. is Bo and Mike, Mike Riley. Bo and Mike and maybe Trevor's on that way but but I'm gonna say Bo and Mike and Trevor's on the on the cusp and Matt's on the cusp so do you make that
0: well. move, and what do you give up then? If you're Winnipeg, if you want the insurance um, policy, because it's a great insurance policy. You give up. But future, if you,
1: you give up. You give up. You give up a draft pick or some of that nature. Because it's not going to. It's not going to cost a whole heck of a lot. We're getting close to the trade deadline. Here's my take. Okay. Zach Claris is not a trade partner. It's not a trade fit for any team in the league that's not uh, this year uh, on a playoff run only. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. It's because his his base salary next year, he hasn't earned. He's not earning. He's going to make. Close to five hundred thousand next year. No yeah. teams is going to trade for Zach Coleros next year in the offseason and pay him five hundred thousand dollars. So it's not a, it doesn't work. You don't the think Montreal reason? could cut, turn no. the page on Darian Durant, can. and go make a move? They on, definitely can. On Zach they then? definitely can, but not yeah. for five hundred thousand dollars. Why would you do that? He hasn't shown he's not playing for five hundred thousand dollars this year. Uh, he was, a, he's a backup quarterback right now. Yeah. The only reason Winnipeg does it because they're only paying one hundred and twenty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars the next four weeks to give them a chance at a great Cup. That's why.
0: He's not a trade. All right, a trade I'm player. picking up what you're putting down All now. Right. All right, that makes sense, and it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting proposition too. Um, For sure. Then you wonder if Matt Nichols struggles in any way, shape, or form, and you go, okay, struggles no.
1: health wise or struggles playing. Both. No, there's no struggles health playing wise. Playing wise, Matt Nichols no. is, is, is your quarterback. Bona- okay. bonafide. Yeah. No, he's deserved he's, that. He's had a, he's on, had a he's good. Year. He's had, had a, he's, a good yeah, year. he's bona- had a good bona-fied.
0: year. He's had a bonafide. Yeah, I'm not going to throw shade on him right now. So we like Winnipeg at home against the Lions. Then. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Last but not least, uh, you got in the... A round, in a long roundabout way, we got there. <laughs> in a very calm, But you know what? I think it was a great suggestion, the idea of going after Zach Claros because it actually makes sense on a lot of levels. Whoa. I love the fact that you love making trades. You'd be a good GM. I think It I might, might blow well. up. It might go completely sideways. But at the same time, you would be the most exciting general manager in the CFL and maybe the most quotable You as well. have yeah I'll, uh, I'll leave it at that last last CFL pick'em: uh Toronto Edmonton Edmonton at home for this one uh they finally ended the losing streak but they did it against a team that's now lost 8 straight is are, are the are the eskimos out of the woods yet or is there still big problems looming for e town well, my
1: one takeaway from that game is i watched i was at that game in montreal i watched Darrell Walker. Yeah. I watched Adarius Bowman Mm -hmm. and I watched Duke Williams. Three guys who, two guys who are in the top 10 of. Legitimate playmakers. Two of those guys are top 10 receivers in this league, in my opinion. Yep. Adarius has obviously struggled lately. Maybe even top five. Yeah, possibly. One healthy. Conversational. Uh, But Adarius has obviously struggled lately. And I watched those three guys, adding Duke Williams to that. And I'm leaving Brandon Zilstra out here for a reason. Those three guys looked like they did not want to be out there in the rain playing football. And. I've said it once, I've said it twice, I've said it a million times. If you want to be um, a benefit to your team and you want to be a star receiver and you want to be uh, great in your team and be a champion, you have to be good in tough weather situations. Because playoff football in the CFL, when you make your money, it's in October and November. That's what it is. So if you don't want to be out in the cold, if you don't want to catch balls in the rain or in the snow or in the cold weather, then you're no use to your team. And those guys looked like they did not want to be out there. They weren't taking care of the ball. They didn't look like they wanted to be out there. Um, they had major drops, especially especially Walker and, and Duke Williams. And uh, Darius Bowens played enough games in this league in cold weather that I'm not as worried about him. And Brandon Zylstra looked great. He was, he was out there returning kicks. He was out there catching balls across the middle. He was out there catching wet balls. He was out there taking hits. He did, it did not phase him at all. But I worry about those other three guys. Or the other two guys, how they played in the cold weather uh, climate, uh, because that's when it matters. So that was the one thing I took out of that game. They looked good, but I worry about that.
0: They looked disinterested. That's a, that's a major concern yeah. if you're Brock Sunderland. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and if you're if you're seeing if you're seeing that from your players, and there's a reason why a team that has had a quarterback like Mike Riley, who has continually put up big numbers week after week after week and they go through a stretch where they've lost six straight.
1: And I spoke to Brock briefly at halftime of the game. Just ran into him upstairs and and, and that's what he said he said hey, we got to catch the football, which is obvious. Yeah. Um but I mean it was a concern to him as well. I'm sure that uh, it's a concern to Carson Walsh and, and Jason Moss. And oh, <laughs> another note here by the way. Yeah. If anyone saw the game and saw Jason Moss on the TV copy yelling into his headset, it was the funniest thing I've, one of the funniest things I've seen all year. If you, if you haven't seen it, try to find it. It's amazing. Jason Moss grabs his headset, grabs the microphone on the end of the headset, and is yelling. He's pulling it to his mouth because he's trying to get his point across so hard and yell so loud that he's actually, Jason, you can still hear you if you're yelling without holding your, pulling the mic closer to your mouth. He is screaming into the microphone, uh, his headset, up to someone in the in the booth and yelling. He is not freaking happy. And my point was this. Whatever he was saying, yeah. he was cussing someone the heck out. I don't know about the swear words, but he was cuss, he was yelling at somebody. And my point is this: you talk to two people like that. Yeah. Uh, someone who's young, a young, a young guy who is like a, I don't know who, maybe a, like a rookie type guy, a yeah. rookie type coach you or throw a quality, drive-through attendant, quality control, no, a quality <laughs> control guy or whoever it is. You, there's only certain people you can talk to like that. I'm not yeah. saying you can talk to them like that, but yeah. you can only you even think about it, or your best friend. Yeah. So it's either someone on the staff who is extremely close, because I, I could yell like that at one of my brothers. Or yeah. someone I'm real close to, I can give it to you like that, because we're close like yeah. that. And it, I know you won't have any feelings. I'm just pissed, and you're pissed, and let's get it out.
0: Yeah,
1: Or someone, it's either mad love, or someone you, that you don't have a lot of, they're a youngster and you don't have a lot of, respect for, which I'm not saying I, I would do that, but that's the only people. You anybody, can get away with it. Anybody in between, you're not talking to like that. Not not no grown man on a headset <laughs> in this Canadian, a professional coach. You're not talking to like that. So I want to know who it was, Moss. Jay, somebody let me know. Who are you talking to in the booth like that? Either it's someone you're hella close to, one of your boys, Jay Moss. So let me think on a staff. Who on who that offensive side He's not talking to Carson like that? He's might Who is he real close to on that staff? Who's the receivers coach? Anyway, I'm going to go through the staff and see who it could be. He's talking to like it was pretty funny.
0: I'll tell you that much. He was. Uh, he was not a happy camper. If you know
1: Eskimo fans, if you know who's on that staff, who's really really close with Jay Moss, who they could talk their brothers and they can talk to each other like that and then go have a beer after and laugh. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. Let me know. Let me and see Ball know who's Jason Moss talking to in the booth like that.
0: Uh, we're going to wrap up our conversation here. But uh, in closing, I like the Argos to to pull off a, an upset on the road here.
1: I go Argos too.
0: Here we go. Uh, he's David Sanchez. I'm James Sabalski. Our conversation with William Powell on the way. Don't you talk
1: to me like that, Seaball. Don't even <laughs> think about it. We're tight. We're not that
0: tight. <laughs> on that note, hope you all had a great, happy Thanksgiving uh, across the great nation of Canada. Real talk. And I know your turn is just around the corner next month. Don't America. even think about it. <laughs> I'm done with you. I'm so done with you. Thanks for listening. Man who's just been on a roll lately, uh, almost like a, the CFL is equivalent to beast mode here lately. William Powell from the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, do you, is this a case of you just finally feeling healthy now after all this time?
2: Definitely so. Uh, my body feels 100% healthy, and uh, the old line has been playing great, opening some big holes for me, so um, everything's clicking right now as far as the run game.
0: I was just going to, okay, look, I don't want to just give you excuses for saying, hey, why are you doing well right now? But Okay, explain it to me. What's going on, man? Because it's, I mean, fantasy players playing CFL fantasy right now. I got to get Willie Powell right now.
2: Um, I just feel like we found our chemistry. Uh, me uh, just being cohesive with the O-line. They're creating some lanes for me. They're getting a feel for how I run. I'm getting a feel for how they block, and uh, it's just working well right now.
0: Is it not a little weird um, just how this season's gone where you guys offensively have been pretty good, but yet the the wins just aren't there?
2: Um, I feel like there has been a lot of games where we've played really well. We just um, had some mistakes and some mishaps that happened um, as the game went on. So we just got to kind of try to eliminate that
0: and uh, finish the game. Now a really important uh, perspective here that I wanted to get into you with uh, but you know the CFL now has CFL football frenzy the mobile game and I gotta say I've tried using the Ottawa Red Blacks and I'm, I'm coming up with a lot of wins and, and generally it's not because I'm passing the ball it's just <laughs> I I'm just giving William Powell the rock here have you tried it out yet or what?
2: Yes I have tried it out.
0: And what your assessment on your performance in
2: the video game? My assessment? yeah. Uh, if you need a go-to play just the halfback sweep to the left and <laughs> i i never failed with that one
0: yeah i feel like it's pretty i feel like it's pretty effective like yeah. just uh, off, off you go and yeah. uh, i pick up a lot of first downs or you know what i'm busting a lot of long runs for uh, that's got to be kind of cool though <laughs> when you see yourself in there
2: yeah it is kind of cool it's uh you know as a kid you dream to have something like that or be a part of something like that so yeah it's pretty cool watching yourself on a video game
0: Dude, I mean, I've definitely had my fair share of fantasies over the years, but a video game, like, to be in my own video game would be kind of cool, and, and you got it, so uh, well done. Man. And you're and you're good. It's not like you're the lowest-rated guy or anything. Like, you're, you're actually pretty solid. Um, what's it been like, your experience here in the Canadian Football League? It's been a couple years now. I mean, obviously, you had to kind of wait a year uh, in between, but do you get a sense that you're really starting to get a feel for what the field, the league, the dynamic is all about? Yeah, I feel
2: like um, at this point I feel like I'm pretty much adapted to uh, the style of the game and the speed of the game, um, had some ups and downs over the years. And, uh, feel like right now, right now I'm at a good point to where, um, I'm building a, a great, uh, chemistry with my line and, uh, we're doing some big things and hopefully, hopefully we can continue to do that. Who is William Powell? William Powell guy from born in Houston, Texas, raised in Dallas, Texas, and, uh, just fell in love with football at a young age. And, uh, I grew up in a house with all women, being the middle child, older sister, younger sister, and um, just a, a a good, God-fearing, hard-working guy.
0: I had two sisters, and I was the middle <laughs> child, too, so you got to cry for attention, so you become a football star, right? Yeah. For me, I got into media, so I can totally appreciate where you're coming from. Yeah. See, but I always got, when I but I had my older sister, and so for me, it was like i go to school, and it was like, hey, man your sister's so hot. What the hell happened to you? And then yeah. finally like she grows she grows graduates high school and then my younger sister comes up in the rear and then it's like, "Hey, Savalsky man, your younger sister she's so cute. What the hell happened to you?" I mean, it was like a no it was a no win having two sisters, man. Yeah, kind
2: of How about you? Kind of kind of the same similar situation. Uh, my older sister was two and a half years older than me, so I spent a little bit of time in high school with her. And then my younger sister is only a year and a couple weeks younger than me, so I spent a lot of time in high school with her. So <laughs> a lot of time <laughs> had a lot of run-ins with those type of situations. But uh, you know, we we're we're a tight-knit group. Uh, me and my si- two sisters, we talk uh, f- pretty frequently, and uh, I love them to death.
0: Do they come up to
2: see you here yeah, in Canada? Yeah, they do. Uh, whenever they get a chance, they try to come up to see me. Um, so hopefully um, they'll be able to come up pretty soon.
0: What was it like watching your teammates win that Great Cup last year, and, and you're kind of not able to be a part of that? Is it is it hard?
2: Honestly, uh, you know, sitting on the sideline, it, it was pretty rough throughout the year. But um, when we did a- actually win the Great Cup, it actually felt like I was, you know, a big part of it. Uh, uh, I felt just as excited as everybody else. I was running around, jumping around, uh, so. Uh, It was a great feeling even though I I wasn't able to be out there with him.
0: You know it's funny talking to Chris Williams about it when he went through it and he said it was you know everybody tells you're part of it and you're showing up and you're trying to rehab but it's like from his standpoint it was like you're there but you're you're not there. It was kind of almost an empty feeling and maybe it's because he probably had half the year or whatever.
2: Yeah you also have that uh, feeling in the back of your head like you want to do it again and actually be a part of it and put your name on the cup. Um, but at the same time, I was happy for all of the all of my teammates and and everybody who got to experience it. So it was it was pretty good good sight to see.
0: What was the K State experience like? I mean, that's a that's a big time school, and as a uh, as a uh, huge fan of the Oklahoma Sooners, I say thank you very much for so many wins over Wildcat. the. Oh, I'm throwing shade here. No, <laughs> what was it like being a Wildcat? <laughs>
2: um, it was pretty fun. We got the Sooners too, a couple times. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty fun. It was fun. Uh, great football city Um,
0: Manhattan right yeah so
2: the the city loves the team and uh, we always have big turnouts play for a great legendary coach and Bill Snyder Mm -hmm. Uh, he taught us a lot on and off the field so um, I feel like it helped me a lot uh, become the person I am
0: what's a football coach in college like for I mean there's almost some people that describe you know coaches like that as a a father figure in so many different ways Uh, how, how would you describe a guy like Bill Snyder and your and your impact
2: um, Coach Snyder was definitely a powerful figure um, in most of the guys' lives. He tried to teach us, most importantly, to be a man first. Uh, it was a family-oriented atmosphere. We were big on helping each other when, he, when each other is down, no matter, no matter if it's a, a football thing or not. And he always instilled in us to be hardworking. And just to keep getting better each and every day, no matter if win, lose, or draw.
0: The uh, you said you were born in Houston, Texas. Yes. I mean, you see what happened to the city over the last uh, six weeks or so. Uh, what goes through your mind when you've seen those images and some of those powerful images of, of a city that was just absolutely devastated?
2: Well, first, definitely concerned. Uh, Called family members and make sure everyone's okay and uh, everyone is doing fine. Um, a couple of them. Um, their houses were damaged and stuff like that. But uh, um, it's just good to know that everybody that I know and love is, is okay. So uh, that was my first uh, thought when uh, seeing all those images and uh, hearing about the situation.
0: By the way, not to make light of this at all, but that's a like a golf cart driving by here at BC Place Stadium where we're at here. But you, do you have a lot of family that's still there in Houston?
2: Yeah, I have a lot of family in the Houston area in general, um, outside of Houston and in, in the city of
0: Houston. So. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, it's scary when you probably first when you first start seeing the images like, wow, that's a lot of water. But then it's the you know, it's the homes that are flattened and ruined like that.
2: Yeah, uh, it was a pretty intriguing sight to see. Uh, um, So basically, like I said, my first concern was making sure everyone was okay, Um, And so everyone's doing fine. So. Um, that's all I was pretty much worried about.
0: Do you plan on going back at all this off season? Yeah, for sure. I,
2: I go home every off season uh, to visit. I currently reside in Arizona uh, in the off season, but I always go back home to Houston and Dallas. And check on everybody, see everybody, see how everything's going.
0: Score a free meal or two uh, for people, and say, "Hey, nice to see everybody." 100.
2: You can never pass up a home cooked meal. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. You know who likes a good home cooking free meal? Everybody does, right? So let's get to know you a little bit uh, away from the field for a second. What uh, what do you like watching on TV? What are you watching these days on Netflix or whatever?
2: I'm not a big TV watcher, but um, I like watching The Flash, Power.
0: They filmed out of here in Vancouver. Oh, really? They do. You might see some of those Actually, stars here. I didn't
2: did see that somewhere, but yeah, um, yeah. I, th- that that's probably the show I watched the most. That Are you a comic, comic book guy? Not really. no just me, like the Flash. <laughs> um, well, I like super. I used to like superheroes a lot, but yeah, the Flash was one of my favorites. All right. Do you have a favorite movie? Favorite movie. Um, just off the top of my head, I'm gonna just say
0: Avatar, maybe. <laughs> wow, that's outside the box. Music, uh, what do you listen to from a music standpoint? Don't tell me you're not a music guy. Oh, yeah, I love music. <laughs> um, as far as favorite. Well, what do you, what, what do you get your. Around. Sure, what, well, what would you listen to before a game?
2: Before a game, I'll listen to a little bit of rap, a little bit of gospel. Um, maybe not too much slow, kind of up tempo, upbeat stuff. After the game, I'll kind of slow it, slow it down a
0: little bit, but. Pretty yeah, much, you got yeah. something that fires you up. Yeah. somewhere between gospel yeah, and hip hop. All some right,
2: inspiration and some, and some, some good old-fashioned hate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something that
0: you can crash yeah. through somebody. Right, all right. And uh, and what do you what do you do in your spare time uh, when you're when you're not playing football?
2: In my spare time, um, if I'm not playing football or doing football-related things, probably just at home playing playing a game. I do that a lot mm-hmm. more than watching TV. But
0: the video games. Yeah,
2: what do you play? <laughs> I play. Call of Duty, NBA 2K mostly.
0: All right, last question for you here. How many times have you said to people, give the ball to Will? <laughs> well, I'm not too, uh,
2: I'm not really like that, but you know, I do like the ball in my hands whenever I get a chance to have it, so.
0: Uh. Is that like the greatest episode of television ever, Give the Ball to Will from The Fresh Prince? <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. I didn't even think of that when you said it, but yeah.
0: Come on, Will. Yeah, come on, yeah. Will. Where are you with me here now? Are you awake? Yeah, now I'm with you. Uh,
2: yeah, it was funny, and then Carlton took the last shot. That was, yeah, that was
0: pretty funny. Yeah, you don't want Trevor Harris throwing on that last. You, you, you want the ball of William Powell's hand. Right? Whatever it
2: takes to win. So. All
0: right. Well, That's listen. Keep up the awesome on my CFL football frenzy game, and all the best the rest of the way here. All right. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you.